this mini lectures on five major ways schools can reduce or prevent uh, violence. Now, as in going through this content, there will be five principles. I'm going to talk about each one, then I'll talk about where these principles need to be applied. First of all, schools need to implement clear rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment. Now, this whole course is focused on classroom management and discipline, and I tend to spend most of my time talking about the level of the classroom. However, in an earlier mini-lecture, you remember I talked about school-wide rules, that they may not seem to have anything to do with goes on, what goes on in your classroom, but they do. If kids come into your classroom all revved up, energized, angry, or hyper-excited, or uh, whatever their mood is, an extreme mood, that misbehavior, that uh, dis disruptive mood comes into your class, and it disrupts your instruction. Uh, schools that want to reduce violence have clear rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment. Notice that word order. Order in the whole school helps reduce violence. Um, I've talked to experienced school, school personnel, teachers, principals, whatever, and I've asked them a question. When you walk in a new school for the first time, how long does it take you to understand the quality and the nature of this school. Brand new, you walk in. And what I find is that many uh, experienced school people say something like five minutes, 10 minutes, or, you know, after I've had a tour of the school. In other words, experienced school people tell me, and by the way, I agree with them, you walk in a school, you can tell what kind of school you have real fast if you know what you're doing. And, you know, I discuss with people what gives you that impression. Well, you walk in, and it's like you can feel it and you can hear it. Part of it's visual, not whether it's a beautiful school, but is it clean? Is it free of graffiti? Are there signs of vandalism? Even if it's an old school, has somebody uh, maintained it well, things are patched and repaired. Um, do you see signs of student work being displayed, po positive things happening? It's also oral. What kind of noise do you hear? Do you hear good noise, bad noise? Do you hear the noise of uh, kids discussing and teachers teaching? Or do you hear the noise of kids out of control, anger, uh, horseplay, uh, kids not on test, kids not occupied? And then you can also see. What do you see in the hall? Do you see kids loose roaming around, lots of them getting into trouble? Or do you see a few kids who have somewhere to go looking like they're going there in an orderly manner and intending to business? If it's a, a period, a time when kids are changing classes or going to and from uh, classrooms and other places like lunchrooms, how do they travel? Do they travel in an orderly manner or is it total chaos? All right, a good school will have clear rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment.
Now I have these on every slide. I'm only going to talk about them once, but this is important. These clear procedures and uh, these clear rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment have to happen at the classroom level. At the building level, the school, typically what is called a school, although some schools have multiple buildings. At the building level, at the campus level, if you have a campus with multiple buildings, multiple schools, you have a school proper and then you have a gym over here or you have a, um, an auditorium conference, whatever. The whole campus, the whole grounds, uh, all of the outbuildings, all of the uh, athletic uh, facilities and fields, the whole campus at the community level. There needs to be a good integration between the community and the school that enforces those procedures, those rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment for all children. I talked previously about the habit of teachers and other school personnel, without even thinking of it, of treating children differently based about on who they are, what they're like, and our preconceived notions of them. We need to be real careful. If I know a child is um, a behavior problem and given any opportunity uh, will misbehave, escape, uh, do bad things, well, I know that and, and I need to supervise the child thoroughly and if he's a bully, I need to stay on his case all the time and make sure he doesn't have an opportunity. But I still need to be careful not to fail to enforce rules with another child just because she is sweet and pretty and obedient and compliant and makes good grades in school. Uh, again, problematic children tend to regard um, fair, the word fair, as meaning the same for everybody. So teachers need to be real careful and school people that they enforce rules and procedures equitably for every child. Okay, principle number two is promote morale, social bonding to the school, and academic success. School people and teachers need to promote those three things. Morale, social bonding to the school, sometimes called school spirit, which may kind of, kind of um, uh, stereotype it or reduce it. Morale, social bonding to the school, the school is a community to which I belong, and academic success. Now again, built classroom, building, campus, community, all children. Everybody belongs to this school community. Everybody has a role in school spirit, morale. Everybody can attain academic success. All right, now orderly schools at every level, low levels of violence and aggression. And you can kind of get it backwards. You can think this school has a low level of violence and aggression because it has children from upper middle class homes and therefore uh, it's an orderly school. It works the other way and it works for all kinds of children and all kinds of schools. A, an orderly, well-run school has reduced levels of violence and aggression. It works that way, 
not the other way around. Um, clear rules and procedures, consistently and fairly enforced, reduce anger and aggression. They reduce the opportunity for people to get irritated, to have confrontations, to feel bad, to build up conflict, which in turn reduces the overall level of aggression in the place, the, the, the feeling of anger, which in turn reduces violence. They all, good or procedures and rules also provide less opportunity for the bad actors to engage in negative behavior. I mentioned bully just a long ago. A school with really good uh, procedures for moving children around, supervising them in places such as um, the playground or not letting them get behind buildings during free periods and, and uh, be unsupervised. Well, the bully has a lot less opportunity to bully. He can't get away with it. He's going to be looking over his shoulder all the time. Uh, for all children, uh, I mentioned this again, uh, no discrimination. Everybody. Principle three, promote norms that are pro-social and anti-violence. A number of things schools can do and teachers can do to f reinforce the idea that we are a group. We are a classroom. Everybody participates. Nobody gets left out. Uh, and to promote activities within the classroom and elsewhere that are pro-social, aimed at positive values and aimed specifically against violence. Something as simple as teaching and reinforcing the idea that when we have misunderstandings, conflict, anger, what we do about it is talk it out not hit it out. Again, classroom, building, campus, community, all children. Good schools focus on two things. Number one is academic achievement. Again, I'm not advocating a school that's real mushy, mushy touchy-feely and primarily focused on developing the uh, uh, psyches of children. Good schools are focused on academic success for all children. Even schools that have a pretty much low socioeconomic status uh, population, good schools focus on academic achievement for those children. The best thing you can give them in life is good academic skills in terms of career uh, and outcomes. Good schools have learning as the main focus of the school. But as a secondary focus supporting that, the school emphasizes morale and pride. People, all people, are appreciated for their accomplishments as individuals and as groups. Now, a little sideline here. People often think that when you're giving rewards and recognition and praise for accomplishments, you should make those rewards scarce and hard to get so they will be more meaningful all right only one student will be recognized this year as the most uh, outstanding uh, academic student in uh, uh, third grade that's not a good approach good schools and in fact good organizations make a specific sustained effort on a regular basis to 
recognize all kinds of accomplishments and achievements of as many people as possible, either as individuals or members of a team. You need to recognize lots of students for academic success. You need to recognize students for best in math, most improved in math, uh, whatever. You need to recognize so-and-so's third grade class for their outstanding uh, community involvement project, whatever it is. Recognize lots of people, lots of times, for lots of accomplishments. Now, they need to be meaningful accomplishments. But it's also important to set up situations where people can be successful and get some kind of recognition. All right. You need both academic achievement, morale, and pride. Our main business is learning. We are a community. We feel good. We work hard. And we are proud of everybody. And we recognize lots of accomplishments. All right. Teach uh, skills in problem solving and resolving problems nonviolently, resolving conflicts nonviolently. Again, classroom, building, campus, community, all children. All right, five, minimize the availability and acceptance, uh, acceptability of weapons and drugs. Um, good schools that want to reduce violence and aggression um, do a lot of things to minimize the availability and acceptability of any kind of weapons and drugs in the school. The whole environment uh, needs to be one that feels safe for kids and they understand uh, when the school makes a really strong effort to keep weapons and drugs out, the other children of any age, whatever age they are, uh, understand that that's for their safety and that helps them feel safe. Now one little side tour here. There is one place where trying to build school spirit and morale can backfire, and that's athletics. Um, athletics are an important part of uh, particularly the, the high school experience, also to some extent the middle school. Uh, participating in various sports from, uh, is, is good, uh, little league, whatever, for kids as, as they grow up. But particularly at the high school level, an overemphasis on athletics can turn uh, school pride uh, can get pretty ugly with the competitive spirit and you can get violence and aggression associated with athletic events. Uh, when that happens, school people, school personnel need to intervene pretty strongly and they need to work with community law enforcement to shut that down. Um, some of it is from supervising and organizing and structuring uh, the athletic events, crowd control, crowd monitoring, be real careful about who gets in, uh, supervise the uh, surrounding area, uh, area territory, um, communication, cooperation, uh, let the law enforcement people know what's happened. Uh, they can spot the car rolling down the road with uh, four bad actors in it who are actually, in many cases, not part of the student body. They're uh, adults or people who are out of school, can stop them, can deal with them, 
So that's one area where morale can go astray. And again, school people and community people can work together to get that one back under control. All right, five principles for schools uh, to reduce violence and aggression. Go all the way back to the first one, good rules and procedures that produce an orderly environment. It's the number one thing you can do. Take care.